you just okay well now we're recording <laughs> and uh welcome back to the story goes my name is mike o'mara and i am your host and this is a storytelling show where we kind of get down and get real and get dirty about life um and my guest today is molina hi molina hi are you ready to uh get dirty <laughs> yeah i'm so so ready to get dirty that's uh I don't know. Everything about that sounded wrong. Yeah, um, a bit. And we're recording on like 10 a.m. on a Thursday, so it's not exactly party time. But It's 5 o'clock somewhere. That's true. Okay, so, Melina, mm-hmm. what we do on this show is have a conversation. Okay. And it is open-ended, and I don't try to set any goal in particular except to just get real and show people that, hey, we're all people. Cool. <laughs> and we're all a mess. Um, so I always start the show by asking my guest, um, tell me a story about a person or a place or an event that changed you. And we kind of go from there. Ooh. So have you brought stories of your life today, Melina? I, oh, I suppose we all bring stories of our lives, mm. uh, in everything that we do. So I'm particular, just a particular story that changed me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it can be from a long time ago. It can be from today. It can be whatever you want it to be. Or a person. Or a place. Um, or anything. Or maybe we can start this way. Well, okay. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do in the current day, and then that will probably lead us to how did you get there and things like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So, what's up? Um, what's up with Melina? So, what's up with Melina? Melina is... Uh, Melina helps run... A mobile escape room. Which is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, so if you know what an escape room is, it's a mobile version of that. Um, so our room is in a trailer. We move, pull the trailer um, to events so that you don't have to ever leave uh, your house. because <laughs> don't have to ever leave your house to escape? No one ever wants to leave their house. Okay. Um, and I also... Uh, founded a feminist sci-fi theater company after I graduated college. As one does. As one does. Um, a little bit of a niche. 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 Quiche? Um, mm. Delicious. Mm. Um. That's <laughs> disgusting. I'm going to edit that out. Great. Um, so, feminist sci-fi theater. Mm-hmm. And where did you go to college? I went to the University of Iowa. It's Iowa. a feminist uh, hotspot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And what did you study? I studied theater, and I have a minor in Japanese as well. Cool. Which one has made you more money? <laughs> Neither. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, may I ask uh, age range or age? A- I just turned 26. Oh, my goodness. I know. Buy health insurance. Oh, oh yeah. It's the best. Well, don't worry. I'm 37. I said bye to it a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you live in? I live in Elmhurst. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> so Elmhurst is uh, a West, suburb West, yeah. of Illinois. Mm-hmm. West of, the, of Chicago. Okay, great. Is it nice and quiet out there? Uh, yeah, it's quiet. It's... Um, suburby? Yeah, it's suburby. Do you like that or not? I do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like me and my boyfriend are kind of homebodies anyway. So, I mean, we spend a lot of time... We play board games. We play video games. So, it's not... I don't feel like i miss having <laughs> <laughs> you don't miss lots of people because you don't like people <laughs> yeah it's true but also like if i want to go see a show it's not that hard to like mm-hmm. drive into the city mm-hmm. so is your is your main gig right now the mobile thing 
Yeah, I'd say that is. Um, and then I have to f- um, fly into New York at least like three or four times a year um, to do stuff with the navigators. And that's the sci-fi theater. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So tell me what led you to um, creating your own theater company. Like, how does one do that? Well, I, I already know because I run a school, <laughs> but I want you to know, listeners. Okay, go. Well, so um, what it came out of was there were three women at the University of Iowa. There's, Only three. There's one, two, three. <laughs> Count them. One, two, three. Um, three women in particular. Okay. Uh, myself, um, a playwright named Bella, and a director named Ariel. Mm-hmm. And I worked on everything that Bella wrote while she was getting her MFA in playwriting. Okay. Um, from... So you directed it, or no? I were. I mean, I was an actor. Oh, you were an actor in it. At, okay. As um, you know, her first readings in the playwrights' workshop, I was in those, and then I was in you know the workshops for the new plays and then i was in the final production of the plays at the university you were her muse yeah everything that she wrote and then you know at eventually it became she said well i don't like this line you Mm -hmm. know what do you think medusa actually says and i would just hiss yeah (laughs) (laughs) star is born (laughs) yeah so i'd like to say like a lot of those plays have a lot of my words in them as well okay um and then ariel came along and we worked on uh, Medusa Undone together um, that Bella wrote and um, Bella likes to write sci-fi okay um, and that's really what she likes to write and she sort of came into the program and um, sort of tried to write some other stuff and then was like why can't I just write sci-fi for the stage sure and I loved it yeah um, and so did Ariel and then we decided you know this isn't really something that's being done a ton so Mm -hmm. let's do it and let's be feminist too because why not yeah why not three women um it's like having the sunday and like not having the whipped cream you might as well you might as well just make it a little more niche nichey so tell me what (laughs) makes some what makes a good feminist sci-fi story can you outline that for me like what what works for you folks when you're figuring out what to do next um so like if we were creating a new yeah like give me um okay so i'm gonna give you like a sci-fi trope okay okay and you turn it feminist for me because (laughs) i'm a dumb old white man and i don't know what i'm doing so sci-fi trope is star wars hero's journey okay farm boy doesn't know what he's doing okay goes off defeats the empire okay here this wild crazy idea make it feminist make it feminist yeah do it farm girl what my mind is blown (laughs) I think that's sort of like the best way to do it is like think of all those times that you've written just a story and it's a main character of a guy and then just change it to a woman. (laughs) (laughs) I've been doing this all wrong. I know, right? Um, I've been digging really deep and making all my stories about like allegories for penises. and Yeah, just and then. Oh, man. um, So I like I think um, my favorite kind of like have you seen Black Panther? Yeah. Okay. Three times. Um, I think Black Panther is beautifully feminist. It, mm-hmm. it it's you know all female um, warriors, mm-hmm. it, and it never questions it. Mm-hmm. No one ever in the movie is like, um, oh, haha, all female warriors. It's never, Even the bad never, guys in that movie are never yeah, like absolutely. <sighs> it's never mentioned. It's just accepted as yeah that in their reality. culture, right? Yeah, and it's it's you don't have to comment on it, and that's just how it is, and that's like the best mm-hmm. thing to do is just have it 
have more women in there mm-hmm. doing things that all that are just humanity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's feminism. So Yay. give me an example of um, like taking it too far, or like when if something would become not too feminist. That's not a thing, but like like in a way that it would actually make it look like a joke or like do you think that that movie for instance black panther like do you think it would make it it would cheapen the experience if it was mentioned or even if the bad guys in the movie were like i'm gonna defeat these puny women even if they ended up kicking the bad guy's ass like i think it does you think it does i think it it's in some instances in some cases i think it would Mm -hmm. um sort of lessen that um I think like with um, like with Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. there's some instances in there where, even though it's it's it just remi- it as a woman watching that, mm-hmm. it reminds you, it just reminds you of the fact mm-hmm. that there's always going to be people questioning you. So tell me about um, spoilers for Wonder Woman if you, you all haven't seen the movie. You've seen the movie, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Okay, what really ticked me off about Wonder Woman is that like she is a goddess and she's kicking a whole bunch of ass, but then like the second there's a man there, she's like, yeah, I'm gonna give up my entire. I know life and yeah. fall in love I with think, you like in one second <laughs> in black I think Black Panther did a lot more for for feminism mm-hmm. in um, uh, superhero movies than mm-hmm. Wonder Woman did mm-hmm. absolutely yeah um, and I think it's because of not like commenting on the womanhood mm-hmm. of being a superhero mm-hmm. um, to just like have it be there and have, like the sister in Black Panther as well was just like, mm-hmm brilliant and of course she's brilliant and of course she's making all these mm-hmm. things and you don't have to comment on it <laughs> right right yeah that's cool um what is the your favorite play ever my favorite play yeah it seems like you've ever. done so many of them um i like to break that down into like different categories my favorite play that i've ever like read or my favorite play that i've ever done let's or... say uh let's say red um okay this is the hardest question to ever know, ask an artist. I, I can't think. Um, or give me one of your favorites so you don't have to pigeonhole yourself like that. Um, it's like so many of the ones that I've read, I've like been part of the making of. Well, that's fine. Okay. Give me one of those. So I... What jumped into my head, you know, obviously I've done a million of Bella Poynton's plays, who, mm-hmm. who is the um, person, the playwright in The Navigators. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a playwright called Louisa Hill. Okay. Um, and I did, get ready for this title, Lord of the Underworld's Home for Unwed Mothers. I like it. Yeah. It's uh, succinct. It's to the point. <laughs> it is very. So give me, give me one thing about that story that, like, it stays with you. Um... So, uh, homes for unwed mothers is when it, like a like a teen pregnancy happened mm-hmm. back in the day, mm-hmm. and they just sent those women away to have yeah. the baby and just you, disappear. You, you went to camp. You basically kind of baby camp, <laughs> baby camp. Um, and the story in that uh, play is then the the child. Then the second half follows the uh, the child after you know she's been adopted. Okay, um, and it has just a lot of. Um, like foster parents and families and, and going through that. And so that sort of um, experience is something that, that stayed with me, being able to like examine 
mm-hmm. adoption and, and mm-hmm. foster parents and mm-hmm. bad foster parents and things like that. Do you have any experience with it? No, but I think it was, and that's the reason why I think it stuck with me because oh. I had no, um, I don't think anyone I know is adopted or anything like that either. No one close to me. My dog's adopted. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, that's true. Actually, I adopted my cat. So there you go. I did not. Um, Apparently you. I didn't mother my cat. Yeah. Myself. Uh, that was a moment, I think. Yeah, 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 that was a moment we just had there. Um, do you think, do you like, you? well, this is this is a silly question, but like you must like learning things. Otherwise, you would not be <laughs> in theater and you wouldn't be a, a, a creator. But what do you think it is for you about um, new works and new experiences that draws you to what you do? Because um, obviously you are part of a, of a theater group that does original Mm-hmm. work and then in your um escape room work you're creating literally new spaces and new experiences every day so what is it about new work specifically that you like so much as an artist um well i think part of it ties in with especially with the science fiction in the feminism because a lot of science fiction that everyone has experienced is very male dominated mm-hmm. so if we're doing new works and we're working with new writers we can just get the ones that uh, have women and and stories of people of color and Mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. And um, working on a new piece, um, you don't have to worry about what anyone's done before because no one's done anything like it before. Mm -hmm. And I also like working with living playwrights um, where you can say, uh, I don't know if this makes sense. You can tell them to their face (laughs) that they're crap. (laughs) No, no, no. No, that's fine. Um, (laughs) Let it out. But being able to like change things and have things adapt, and I also really like world building. Yeah. Um, especially, um, I like doing dramaturgy, not of like, oh, is this is this period correct? You know, mm-hmm. is this would they have had cheesecloths? I don't know. You know, something like in the past or whatever. I sure. like the dramaturgy of sure. this world that you're building is mm-hmm. inconsistent. I like it. Yeah. Um, and you're primarily an actor, correct? Um, yeah, but I do with the navigators. I, I you do the dramaturgy. Something. I do drama, some dramaturgy, and I do like the li- literary management mm-hmm. as well, like picking mm-hmm. the, all the new plays of submissions, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So let's um let's go back a little bit to those ever so awkward uh, middle school, high school years no, for a second. No. I know. <laughs> well, here you go. Um, what what got you into uh, acting. Why are you? Why are you here and not a lawyer? Why are you here and not <laughs> a, a dentist? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I always sort of just made little stories. Like my mom, mm-hmm. I can think of my first sort of like performances were mm-hmm. either. Um, do, uh, do you know the book Goodnight Gorilla? I do. Um, where there's a a zookeeper and they and they go say goodnight gorilla and then the gorilla follows him and and like unlocks all the other animals mm-hmm. and stuff there's a page one of the last pages he's um, such a lovely felon <laughs> yeah <I> know, right <laughs> when the zookeeper goes back to his house mm-hmm. and then the gorilla has let all those animals into the house mm-hmm. and the zookeeper says like goodnight to his wife or something mm-hmm. and then the next page is completely black and it just has the little dialogue bubbles mm-hmm. of all the different animals um, and so my mother would 
you know, read it and say like, good night, good night, good night, good night, good night. And I'd be like, no, 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 you have to you make, have to say you it have like to the say animal. it like the animals. And so then I would do it. Oh, that's cute. Um, and so there are a lot of instances like that. It's like just reading. Was your, was your mother always involved in, in your like play and your acting and. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Tell me, tell me something about your mom. Um, she's, she's brilliant. She's the, I'll say till the day I die, she's the smartest person I know. Um, what makes her so uh, smart to you? She, um, aside from like just book smarts, knowledge, yeah. book smarts. Yeah, I mean she's very, very well read. Mm-hmm. Um, she, her first language I believe was Polish, and then she learned French and she learned English. At one point, she had like she knew five languages. Wow, yeah, I barely know Italian one. and Latin. Um, what does she do, or what does she do for a living, or what did she do? I don't know. Um, if she's retired. She. Um, both my parents have PhDs in psychology. Yeah, of course they do. <laughs> of course they do. Um, and um, she was a teacher for a bit at the University of um, Wisconsin-Madison. Okay. Um, but, I mean, she essentially was a mom after yeah. that. But, yeah. um, but it seems like a great one. But Yeah, absolutely. I mean... People say that I'm smart, and every bit of smartness that I have is from my mother. Hmm. Um, yeah. That does that feel? <clears throat> that must feel good to be able to say that. Oh yeah. To have that kind of relationship with one's parents is not something <laughs> that all of us have. Yeah, and you know, probably I don't have a great relationship with my dad, mm-hmm. um, but I think the closeness that I have with my mom more than makes up for it. Mm-hmm. So, um, are you an only child? Uh, no, I have an older brother. You have an older brother. How how much older? He's four years older. He's um, yeah, he just turned thirty in January. And uh, was was he into? Were you two? Did you two get along when you were younger, or did you fight? Um, I think I think we fought. Yeah. As much as you know, normal siblings fight, but it sort of tapered off after. Um, you know, he was. 18 and i was 14 um yeah but and now we play um we play games a lot together we have a D campaign that he runs that is so cool <laughs> yeah oops i hit the mic that's okay um tell me about your early do you remember your earliest role like on an actual stage like as a kid mm-hmm. i was charlotte and charlotte's web wow so you started off <laughs> Start off big, yeah, or small. Go I guess. bigger home, <laughs> spider. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was in like fourth grade. Yeah. Um, at Willard Elementary in Evanston. Mm-hmm. And uh, was it like love at first sight? Yeah, you, like, saw I'd a script. Say, and you're like, I love this stuff. <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah. I also was not to brag. Okay. But all the other <laughs> big roles were split mm-hmm. from first act to second act mm-hmm. uh, but i was charlotte through they're like the whole thing. they saw you and they're like that girl is an insect yeah <laughs> <laughs> not an insect an arachnid right uh are they different aren't they isn't it not a bug it's uh erect is not a type of insect oh is it like God. a rectangle square situation where all squares well, are aren't bugs the ones that have six legs and arachnids are the ones that have eight legs oh my god so so this whole time i thought spiders <laughs> were a type of bug but they're not I think they still are, though. Let's call my mom. She'll know. Well, <laughs> yeah. We'll both feel dumb. Yeah. Let's go with they're, they're unique. Let's do that. Okay. Let's say, yeah. Um, what? Here we go. We're going to get philosophical because your mom's a 
philosopher, and so is your dad. Okay. And I'm assuming that that rubbed off on you. You're probably a little bit of one, too. Sure, I'd say so. Okay, so here are some big questions for you, okay? okay. You ready? Oh, God. What, is, what do you think your purpose is as an, as an actor? Like, what is your purpose, ultimately? What is my purpose as an actor or yeah. as a person? Well, let's do actor Real first. Real people, not actors. Let's do actor first. What's my purpose as an actor? Yeah. Um, I'd say my purpose as an actor... Um, in general, I guess, finding the humanity in a character. And, Ooh, okay. Um, okay, so then what make... What's what's humanity then to you like what is it what do you look for then if you see a role like what are you trying to trying to find well i mean the kinds of roles that um like if i watch someone else act mm-hmm. you know do a role or something and, you say that's crap <laughs> no not always <laughs> okay um, good. but if i say that's crap um uh-huh. it's it's because of you know acting like a like a caricature and not finding the humanity in it and and sort of um, I'm losing my train of thought. Uh, let me start that over. Okay, sure. Um, if I look at a a role or mm-hmm. a performance and I think that it's not good, the, usually the reason that I think it's not good is is some sort of like a superficial mm-hmm. treatment of mm-hmm. the character. Mm-hmm. Um. And that they don't understand um, the person's motivations, mm-hmm. or you know, a, a great way to, to understand understand a character is often um, what do they fear? Yeah, all right. Most now nah, we're getting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you fear? Well, I'm getting there, Melina. Right, um, because that's a huge m- motivator. Fear is a huge motivator. Is is um, it the biggest one? Do you think? Um. Yeah. Fear. Do you think it is for you? Uh, sure. You think it is? Cool. Fear or... I don't know. Yeah, fear so, or love. Okay, so... Love. You know what my next question is then. What do I fear? Yeah. What do I fear? Yeah. Um, spiders. I'd say... Actually, I don't hate spiders. I've learned to love them because I live in a house that's like 100 years old. And mm-hmm. so like now every spring from deep in the recesses of uh, the drywall, like a million eggs pop right. open every it's spring. Like, and then they're like, hey, rent they're like, hey, dude, uh, we live here, all 12,000 <laughs> of us. I'm like, great, just eat the mosquitoes, please. <laughs> Um, I'd say I fear, I'd say there's a big fear of abandonment. Um, oh, that's surprising to me given, uh, oh, yeah? well, I mean, given that you have a self-stated pretty strong relationship with your, with your parents and things like that. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, I think actually probably part of it. Mm, you don't want to lose that. Well, no, it's, I do have a very good relationship with my mother. My mother you know, there's never any question of my mother not being there for you, being there for me, or loving me, or whatever. Um, my dad is an interesting story, kind of. It's okay. Um, he worked at 
he worked at Northwestern, mm-hmm. um, and then he, some, you know, something happened. He got laid off. Then he worked at Motorola, okay. and again, something happened. He got laid off, um, and then he got a job with AT and T. Okay, and he had to move to New Jersey. Oh wow! Um, so from when I was in about fourth grade, it, it's hard for me to remember how long it was because it felt like so long. But wow. I think it was really only maybe eighteen months that he was. But he was just gone. Gone, yeah. That he was lived in New Jersey Um, (laughs) and then he came back Mm -hmm. and then uh, then something happened at AT AT&T and then he went to work for Microsoft and then he um, had to move to Seattle as well and and what was that in the span of like how many years um, that's um, I think it was Probably like fourth to fifth grade, he was in New Jersey, and mm-hmm. then my maybe two years of my high school career, wow. he was in Seattle. So during some pretty tough times for all kids, right? Oh, yeah. Like middle getting ready for middle school, and then mm-hmm. high school is pretty tough for anyone. Yeah. And uh, was it kind of like, like, I mean, obviously this was like kind of out of the blue, right? Like. One day, like, life is normal, and then one day your parents are like, hey, dad's moving the... Yeah, I think... I mean, it, it was always sort of stressful, especially because my dad sort of got laid off a, a yeah, bunch. Yeah, so during... you never really knew what was going to happen. Yeah, and I could tell, you know, he's sort of a... He's a bit stoic, but mm. you could always tell that that financial stuff just always mm-hmm. worried him. Mm-hmm. And then I think around the same time, again, it's hard, like, to do a timeline. Sure. He had... Um, he had a tumor in his ear. Oh my god! Um, and he had to get like gamma, mm-hmm. gamma knife surgery. Or mm-hmm. So whatever. now your dad's the Incredible Hulk, is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> so, something funny is that when I, I was young, again, probably around the same time that he went to New Jersey, like mm-hmm. third or fourth grade, maybe. Um, he said it, you know, that there was radiation, and then he said that he would glow in the dark when it was done. And I was like, really? That's and he was pretty like, yeah. Cool, yeah. But he no, he totally was yeah. Alive. Of course he lied. <laughs> know yeah that it was a lie until yeah. like i don't know last year <laughs> <laughs> you're still checking like you close yeah, the door like, and open it real yeah. fast and... but that so now he's deaf he's deaf in one ear oh wow yeah because of all that mm-hmm. yeah because the the tumor was close enough oh, to, to the, the eardrum or mm-hmm. whatever essentially you can't hear in one oh. ear but he's alive so oh yeah that's something so that's that's um but um man oh, i can't I, mean, I, I can't imagine so tell me like what what did that do to your relationship to him if it did anything and what did it do to your perspective on like the wider world being a little kid and then like knowing what everything kind of is and what your what your um you know like what your schedule is and what everything is and then all of a sudden it's disrupted like that when your little kid can be fairly traumatic yeah it it was It's it's hard. Mm-hmm. I I like never. You were upper middle class, I guess, but I never felt that way because my I always saw my dad's anxiety about you know losing a job, um, um, and then he was um, didn't have a job probably like a year and a half maybe just before I was going to college, mm-hmm. so that severely affected where I was going to go to college. Sure, there's not um, enough money. In the right, thing. exactly. I I mean I auditioned for the. 
um, conservatory at NYU, mm-hmm. and I got into NYU. I got mm-hmm. into the conservatory, but it, there was absolutely no way mm-hmm. that we could afford it. Sure. Um, honestly, there's no way that anyone can afford it. It's like ridiculously expensive. It, it's it's <laughs> prohibitively expensive. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but that sort of caused that's the reason essentially why I went to Iowa. I was not excited to go to Iowa. Did you end up um, getting excited? Oh, absolutely. It was it's a an amazing program. And obviously you met the other women. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Yeah. The, I wouldn't have met any of those people. Such great people. Such genuine people. Mm-hmm. A, an amazing program where everyone is, is super supportive. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it would have been like that mm-hmm. at NYU at all. <laughs> no, it would everyone not Everyone is out. I'm sure it would have been out for themselves. Yes. Um, this is my role, not your role. But it was not like that at Iowa at all. Well, that's great. Yeah. See, that it, it ended up well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I wouldn't have. Yeah. But let's talk about let's talk about the anxiety. <laughs> so, um, do you do you think you inherited a little bit of that from your dad? Um, I mean, I think so. Both my parents, uh, yeah, I think my dad. I he I I'm not sure. He's never actually told me. That's another thing. Is like he's mm-hmm. just sort of a more of a closed off person. Are you? Um, no, I'm an open book. So um, is is that like your mom? Is your mom like that? No. <laughs> so both of them are are. Uh, I mean, she's open with me. Sure. So, well, that's the difference is they're both closed to uh-huh. the, the outside. Mm-hmm. But my father is additionally even more sort of just in, introverted and mm-hmm. he won't wouldn't express his feelings or how he's feeling. My mom is, you know, if I push her and I say, well, you're, a- you're angry. Why are you angry? Tell mm-hmm. me why you're angry or something like she'd that. Tell she'd, she'd tell me, but that's because I'm me. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't tell other people. But mm-hmm. I'm more an open book of, um, you know, I really try to, I, I don't like lies. I really don't like lies. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, that happened. Um, a couple things happened that made me really not like lies, even, even small white lies. Here. We go. <laughs> we have gotten to the heart of this conversation. I am all glad right. we got there. Let's talk a little bit about lies. Lies. Okay, I can tell you all about lies. Tell I, me. Give me a story. All right. This is rough. Are you ready for this? I'm always ready. This is. I'm gonna preface this as a cautionary tale. A cautionary tale. Okay. To all young women. Oh. In the world. All right. Um. At Iowa, when I was at Iowa, mm-hmm. as my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, You're full of hope. Mm-hmm. Full You're of hope. Eating Bre- corn every day. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Uh-huh. Um, I had also, my first year of college, um, as opposed to many who gained, you know, 15 pounds. And I kept gaining after <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> I lost, I think, 30 pounds. Wow. My first year. I mean, in a healthy college. way, I hope. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just was, I think in... In high school, I was sad, and I and I. You think over- in high school you were sad? <laughs> no, no, wait. But it's, it's the the thinking. Uh, <laughs> Who would have thought? I no, no. The think part is for the end of the sentence, which oh, I didn't get oh, to. Sorry. I think that in high school I was sad, which made me eat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I knew that was coming. I just wanted to stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so um, revelatory. <laughs> pew, I was so sad. So you, um, oh, man, there's so much I want to talk to you about. Okay, keep yeah, going with the so, story. So then. yeah, so I. Sophomore year, especially that summer, I I was doing Pilates like every day. (laughs) (laughs) I yeah, but seriously, I I was down like thirty pounds. Wow! So I had this like new body basically. Um, And then suddenly uh, there was a a man who was interested in me, and I say man because he was okay a man. 
Um, I was 19. Yeah. And he was 41. Okay. Um, How did... Uh, <laughs> give me some background. Any background so you can. So he was a graduate actor. So he was in the graduate program. And the undergrads and the graduates... Yeah, but you were in place. In the same, yeah, same program. I was um, doing costume crew for mm-hmm. his um for the cherry orchard mm-hmm. and he was i don't remember i don't know the cherry orchard well enough to remember he's playing the tree <laughs> yeah he's playing the tree <laughs> um and he i ended up getting in a relationship with him okay um did he i don't i don't mean this to be flippant i mm-hmm. just i how can I say this without sounding flippant? Like, is he a like? Did you know that he was that much older than you? Like, did, yes. did he look super young or something no, like that? No, no. Okay, okay. He, I mean, so you knew the whole time. Yeah, I knew. Okay, the okay. whole time. I mean, okay. I just didn't really. It didn't bother you. I guess it didn't. What? Um, oh man, I have so many things. You want. I, okay. <laughs> sure, sure. Go um, for it. Would it? Would it bother you now? Like, if you weren't in a relationship now, like. Would that age? Yeah, absolutely. Because like the, you're in completely yeah. different places right. in your life. Right. Okay. Like I was, you know. But now you're. I was so naive. Well, like I, I mean, was absolutely. That's, that's I fair. didn't consider a- any kind of. Yeah. You know. Like yeah. And I would say definitely, you know, he should have known better. Absolutely, he should have known better. We can get um, into that a lot. Yeah. So okay. So but so so but you're 19. So, he's 41. Uh, he's I'm 19. He's 41. That sounds like the beginning of an Alan yeah, and love he, song. And he pursued me. He, of course he, he did. Right, of course he did. Yeah. I was like just completely. You know, I yeah. I used to wear. I have a ring that I wear, and I used to wear it on my left hand, on my left ring finger. It says no old dudes. Um, <laughs> does not. I should have said no old dudes. And I remember one of the first things he said to me is like, "Oh, are you engaged?" And I'm like, "What? No." And because I didn't realize that right. wearing a, a, a ring on, a ring on your yeah. left hand—that's kind of where they, is, you know. yeah. And so then I switch it to the other hand. Sure. Um, but additionally, I always wore it on that hand because I was my other hand was too big. But I just lost thirty pounds. Mostly in that hand. That's what <laughs> yeah, you forgot to tell us. You I used to. I was. I am the original elephant man. You're the original and, elephant hand. <laughs> my hand was so big. Right. It was an elephant. Man. Um, okay. So anyway. Um, I'm assuming that this guy was a little bit aggressive he, in his pursuit. He, no, I mean, like he was, he was, he was charming, but like that's what. Um, I'm not gonna call him a sociopath, but that's mm. what like narcissists are. Of course, yeah, is that they're very charming. You know, he like brought me some cheesecake or whatever, and it was like the the quintessential like sort of cute. Yeah, um, sure. It's a romance story that everyone yeah, wants. Absolutely. Um, Especially but when he, you're young and you're dealing exactly. with... And your I'd other options are been. idiot Iowa boys <laughs> who are 18 and stupid. And I'd never I'd never had that. Like I said, sure. I just you know dropped 30 pounds. No one really pursued me. In high school? In high school. No, not in high school. Not in that first year of, of college. Um, so uh, it was mm-hmm. exhilarating. Yeah. Um, but he lied he lied a lot um about everything about about tiny things about stupid things about being oh i was i'm late i was late because i got pulled over and um but then he saw the cop saw how sick i looked and and then he let me go without giving me a ticket like like 
that's lies that like, are unnecessary. Absolutely that's unnecessary. unnecessary. And then like as well with stuff like academic stuff, like he didn't finish a paper or something, and then he um, just sent it to the teacher where it it ended halfway through a line and then pretended that it died the author died yeah no that like he like he sent the wrong file or something oh my god and then he like got a couple extra days basically to finish the paper that's so uh immature especially for someone at that stage of life absolutely and so like of course now i can look at that and going wow he was a big child he was a huge child who hadn't learned to tell the truth or (laughs) you know interact with people in a in a meaningful way um which is you know but he seemed older and he seemed like he had stuff together like he had his shit together but he Mm -hmm. didn't really but he was he seemed that way enough to be appealing but he was immature enough that it's still melded with me because i was 19 and didn't know anything and like normally immature like immature like you should be when you're 19 years old Um, so how like how long did that last that relationship that lasted um probably my whole sophomore year and it it spiraled down even worse than that because he then um after we had broken up Mm -hmm. um and he it's such a disaster such a disaster i mean i could go into like everything that was wrong with it um he he um he had trouble sleeping and so he would take ambien yeah and um i would call i won't say his real name yeah um, probably not uh i'm trying to think let's call roger him. Or sure something. all right fine um and then he would just act really really strangely after he'd taken ambien um, as one does and so if he would text me i would call it like ambien roger Oh um, because he'd just say really weird stuff like your head looks like a pineapple or something like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there was one like, there's something like. Sure, but he meant it in the right way. <laughs> this is like, this statement will be like really X-rated. Um, Go ahead. Okay. So this, I remember one time he said, because we, I had sex with him. He was the first person I had sex with. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Which is a whole, you know. Um, and then he said something about, he said my, this is Ambien Roger, who said um, <laughs> that my vagina felt uh-huh. like cardboard with cottage cheese in it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was going to be No, 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 that's not a problem at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just... Which, like, totally messes you up. I'm <laughs> trying like... to, yeah, I'm trying to see where the romance is in that. Like, well, I'm trying to see where I the sweetness... <laughs> I think that was after we broke up that he said that. But oh, it was, still... it was meant to be mean? I think it was, and I, maybe he wasn't even, didn't hadn't even taken the ambient. Because let me tell you, know? you don't find that on a Hallmark card. That's It's hard <laughs> when you're trying to shop for the perfect thing to say at it's Valentine's not, Day or whatever. It's not cardboard tube with cottage cheese No. It, no, hmm. It's no. See, uh, that's what I thought usually doesn't even says. say that at all. It usually stays away it's from the vagina. About yeah, cottage cheese. No. Um, oh boy. Yeah. So then, how does that make? I mean. The... So then, additionally, it's just this is a this is a big spiral down. Yeah. Um. It turns out he was lying to me in an even bigger way. So we we kept our relationship 
private. Secret, yeah. Right. Um, because the department was small and because... And that would kind of be a thing. Because it was a terrible idea. And then if people knew, they would have gone up to me and said, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> like all of your friends. and Right, exactly. Um, your mom. Yeah. Um, so he had additionally, during that time, which I didn't know until the summer after we broke up, mm-hmm. cheated on me with two other people in the department. Good lord. One of which was his student. Mm. Um, he was teaching acting for... Girls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> acting acting for, for single women. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> oh, gee, I wonder why. Acting, acting for non-majors, so people who weren't yeah, in the department. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. And then um, I think one of them was recently divorced. So, I mean, she was older than me. Um, right. By like... I don't know, seven or eight years. She was probably closer to 30, um, if not 30. Um, It's closer to his age. But anyway, then he still, you know, cheated on me. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I know, but like, he's still his student. Right. That's a messed up part. That's a messed up part. And also, he was already in a relationship. Yeah. Even more messed up. So, that's why I don't like lies. (laughs) That is is a really uh, valid reason to... I mean, like... You could say any just just by nature of them being untruths, it's pretty valid to yeah, not like lies. But, but that's uh... the but the the like t- t- spirals that that he would go down mm-hmm. um, because of lies. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of disgusting to look back on. What do you think about um, that guy causes him to be that way? Like mm-hmm. what? Like was there like? Do you think he is like kind of sociopathic, or is it just all about himself? Is he a narcissist? Or yeah, I mean, I think he probably has some narcissistic tendencies. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me, you know. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. No. Um. But you are a human, and you were in a relationship with this person, so. He he's. He's a mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard. I don't think he knew what he wanted. I mean, prior to the relationship with me, he was engaged mm-hmm. and he broke it off mm-hmm. and then he went back mm-hmm. and then he broke it off again. Um, what it, do you think it is about? Because you, you hear versions of this kind of story a, a lot with mm-hmm. like kind of older guys that kind of prey upon younger women. Yeah. Um, what do you, th- from the woman's perspective what do you think it is about these guys that like i mean obviously he if you if you're looking from his perspective he quote unquote succeeded with a couple of you right Right. he was with you he's cheating on you he's with some other you know he obviously convinced someone to get engaged him at some point like obviously this something's working for this guy like why do you think this story keeps repeating in our kind of society like why do you think that this is almost like a trope at this point where it's like oh yeah older guy is kind of a Predator. Well, I, you know, it could be life imitates art. You know, there's a huge amount of movies like that as well. Where, mm. um, I mean, even the the actors that they get to play certain roles. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a man, you can be the mm-hmm. romantic lead until you're dead, fifty five. Yeah, or you know, even later. <laughs> if and you're then, like sexy, like Sean Connery, you can be yeah. it until you're dead. Or like, but like Mila Kunis, mm-hmm. who's like thirty, maybe. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Was in Bad Moms, you know. Yeah, like that she, which is insane. <laughs> which, yeah. Um, so like, very quickly, the women are 
turned old mm. and the men are just live in their 20s forever mm. and that's probably what this guy was like he still was just living in his 20s forever and and for you though what 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 was attra- was it just attractive that he was so confident in himself or? it was um i mean it was sort of just a or just that he knew how to play the game yeah he knew how to play the game and i hadn't i literally hadn't been pursued by anyone else so i had no so you were just so excited about i it. was just yeah excited by the prospect of it hmm. um, do you think do you think he could sense that oh i think absolutely yeah i don't i don't think he's an idiot i that you put out kind of like a, a naive like romantic vibe and he's like oh yeah yeah i mean next I was one just... that's like a bass <laughs> in, in a in a shallow river oh lord you were like a th- big fish little pond well you were 30 pounds less fish in a yeah. in a cornfield something like that was that. terrible <laughs> cornfield <laughs> flopping around need help yeah so whew, so that must have done a number on you for the many reasons that you just stated like when you broke up with that person right yeah because um, i mean like this is the person you lost your virginity to this is someone you know you go to college for like this newfound adult version of yourself life and like this is what you get out of it like it's, yeah. i mean like that's that must have how what was what was the aftermath of that for you did it you was, yeah i mean it was it was rough the next like couple mm-hmm. dates or relationships i was on yeah because you of, can't they're sort of less long term i'm trying to think was it hard to trust people after that Yeah, I think for a bit, I I still have a tendency to, like, glance, you know, like, if someone's phone, mm-hmm. especially, like, when I first start dating somebody, that, like, I'd want to be able to, like, look at their phone. Because that's how I found out. Initially, oh, really? That, yeah, that's how I found out that he cheated on me, is that I, um, is that I went through his phone. And, uh, Why did you feel like you had to do that? Just because he was because acting? I, I, you just I knew. knew. Man, I just fucking knew in the back of my head. Because, but it was, you know, I knew, but I was in that state where it's like, you don't know. Yeah. And you don't want to know that you know. Right. You know, you know. Yeah. Um, And I think I still have that urge Mm -hmm. to like not want to be able to completely. Mm hmm trust someone but at this point now i've been in a relationship for three and a half years and i i'm pretty confident he's like he he likes me a little bit (laughs) well i mean i think the at the root of being able to have that feeling is being able to feel that you like yourself right like that you are worth being liked that you are worth being with and i think you know from all that horrible stuff that happened with um that guy i mean at least he at parts sort of helped me recognize that i like am am a good person to be in a relationship with even though i wasn't you know he wasn't a good person to be in a relationship with that i'm a good person Mm -hmm. you know so sometimes good things do come out yeah I, i sort of realized the caring parts that i have of you know being in a partnership mm-hmm. um but i'm sure that would have happened with like any first relationship so <laughs> <laughs> i probably didn't have to go through all that would you call yourself an optimist um i call myself a realist really i think so i think the things that you just said to me are pretty optimistic oh well i would think that they 
are more realistic because uh, I probably would have realized mm-hmm. more any in any first relationship I would have been in mm-hmm. I would have noticed the things that I do in a relationship mm-hmm. and been able to you know become a better partner mm-hmm. and I probably didn't have to go through all that shitty stuff just to learn that oh no I, I i agree with you wholeheartedly on that part um it was the it was the part where you're able to look back on that relationship and say well he's he did some good things i think a lot of people would not be able to see the good even though even truly messed up people in situations and relationships you could say yeah you could take whatever good out of it you can if you're an optimist well okay sure then then i guess i'm an optimist i mean there's no I could look back on that and be angry forever. Mm-hmm. You could. Lots of people do. And yeah, and lots of people do. And like that, I just don't have room. I don't have room in my heart for that. It it hurts mm. to to be angry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I try as much as I can to have like water off a duck's back mm-hmm. and just like I can't do anything to change it. I am who I am now, and I'm kind of fine with who I am mm-hmm. now. So. How I got there is how I, how I got there, yeah. Wow. So how do you how do you keep yourself grounded? You seem pretty grounded. Um like what do you do to because, you know, I mean, playing devil's advocate here, that's all fine and dandy what you just said, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad for you that that that, that <laughs> works for you that way, but for a lot of people Well, I mean, it's that's not It doesn't. All... Like anger is anger, it happens, right? Right. I must still get angry. Right. Um it's I'm not I'm not saying that like I have some sort of superpower where I can just turn anger mm. into water droplets and make it drop off my shoulders. I wish. Um, It'd be better if you could turn them into jelly beans, though, because I freaking love jelly beans. I don't like jelly beans. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Sorry. Uh, that's all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have been medicated for... <laughs> is, this, is this Ambien, Belita? <laughs> Don't laugh. Because so, well, I'm 26. I've been Medicaid since I was 13. Okay. So, hey, that's part of it, right? Do you feel that that's, that helps? Well, here's the thing. When you're 26 and you've been medicated since you're 13, that's half your life. I don't know... You don't know what you'd be without What it. I am as an adult without it because I've never been an adult without it. I don't know who I am as a, a pre-adult without it because that's I true. was never a pre-adult without it. I essentially... I was recently talking to my psychiatrist and mm-hmm. he was asking about, um, you know, side effects or whatever. Because I've been on the same medication for 13 oh, years. Oh, wow. That's a long time usually and, for those kinds of things. Yeah. And so he was like, you're not having, you know, because one of the side effects of, of Zoloft, of sertraline is like decreased sex drive or whatever. Uh-huh. But it's like, I've been on it since I was 13. I don't have... You don't know any... I don't, didn't have sex drive <laughs> before I was 13. <laughs> I have no... and. And then he was saying, well, you know, usually sometimes... <laughs> just, just thought of something I have to tell you. What? What if, what if he would have told you that one of the side effects is cottage cheese cardboard oh vagina? Oh, my God. I would have, I would have just, like, immediately stepped That would have office. messed you up. <laughs> oh, my God. My it's true. Actually turned it's into true. Cottage, cottage, cottage cheese cardboard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Like, I, obviously now I can look back at that statement and be like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's... Um, but at the time, I was like... <laughs> that's what you should name your punk band. Yeah. Cut. Your feminist punk band should Cardboard be... Cardboard, cottage cut. cheese, vagina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
Anyways. Um, now I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, we were talking about medication and being on it for a very, very right, long right. time. Right, right. So my, he was like, oh, you know, well, because I said, I don't know what my sex drive was before Zoloft because I didn't have a sex drive before Zoloft. So like, yeah. And that, so he was like, well, it usually sometimes means like you can't climax. So I'm like, oh no, I'm fine with that. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think I have any side effects. No. Really, but that's something I struggle with is, is thinking who is Melina without the Zoloft because you don't know I yeah I really don't know at this point hmm. it's been my whole adult life and would I'm you want to find out oh no oh no <laughs> I've tried to find out and oh it was you terrible. have yeah I um so I you know put on Zoloft when I was 13 and a half um for what for if I may ask uh for um I don't believe it was anxiety at the time but I'm sure I had anxiety um I I was very very depressed mm-hmm. okay um i also was self-injuring oh, okay um and then uh so put on a little bit of zoloft probably like 25 milligrams or whatever mm-hmm. and then it got bumped up to 50 and mm-hmm. it got bumped up to 100 and then i was um hospitalized and then it got bumped up to 150 oh wow um yeah so it's hospitalized at the end of eighth grade oh wow um, at Highland Park. Did all that stuff come on you like, like a freight train, like with puberty or something? Because that um, happens a lot of times with yeah. kids. Yeah, you know, and and I'm thinking, not that I wasn't depressed. I certainly was depressed, but sure. I think like definitely the hormones just exacerbated it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it runs in my family. Mental illness runs in my family. Depression. Um, depression. Yeah. Um, bipolar disorder, which oh, okay. I'm not, but um. That's what they all say, Melina. Right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Someone in my family is, and then my, you know, my grandparents were, mm-hmm. no, not diagnosed, but alcoholics yeah. and depressed, and, yeah. um, and on my, on my mother's side, there was, um, my cousin's father, um, killed himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's deeply rooted in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but definitely, you know having all those hormones and developing um just you know it's hard for it's hard for any kid at that age yeah. but if you have you know mental illness in your family it just goes mm-hmm. crazy yeah um do you remember back then like the kinds of things that went through your head like when when the when the depression was bad like was it just kind of a this means nothing nothing means anything it's it's hard because it it, it's a so long ago and b like i don't know if i was even like old enough or smart enough to Mm -hmm. (laughs) it seems to have like really deep thoughts about my unhappiness it was just you couldn't get out of it it was just a muck i think is more of that during that time that age it was just a, a muck that I couldn't yeah and I would feel angry and I would cry and mm-hmm. I'd be um I had um they're they're gone mostly now but I had really really intense scarage on my um on my thighs because that's where, that would, where you yeah that's where I would self-injure yeah um and the when I was when I did that it, it was there wasn't a thought in it it was just like anger and and mm-hmm. tears and that's how it would manifest as i mm-hmm. would just hurt myself 
And that um, would <clears throat> give it somewhere to focus? Give I it guess, pain? yeah. I mean, it was... <clears throat> um, then what I described it as is like, then I'm not focusing on the mental pain. I'm focusing on then, well, mm-hmm. now I'm bleeding and I have to deal, deal with, that. with that. And then I, and I have pain, physical pain that I can deal with and and manage and clean off and mm-hmm. and so then that's where the energy went mm-hmm. and you haven't had to deal with those kind of feelings for a long time now um so i went after i was hospitalized i would say that i was like scared straight so i was just like scared out of self-injuring and i didn't oh wow self-injure for her because you didn't want to go back there yeah because it, it was not a fun experience i wouldn't think so <laughs> Um, until probably about my sophomore year, which is the same time that I was dating the 41-year-old. Oh, so they came back and those things it, came back in college. It came back okay. because, and this is a, where it started, where you said, do you want to know who Melina is off the Zoloft? I started tapering off my Oops. medication. Oops. Exactly. Um, went from 150 down to 100, and I was like, oh, this is great. I'm doing great. I'm in this nice relationship with this new guy. I feel great all the time. <laughs> Uh oh. And then the story turns. Yeah. And then I went down to fifty milligrams. Yeah. Um, which was a terrible idea. And me and my psychiatrist or my psychiatrist at the time, um, retrospectively was like, That was a terrible idea. Why did we do that? And she's like, That's a terrible idea. Why did we do that? Um hmm. and then I was hospitalized again. Oh, in college? In college, oh, wow. yeah. Um and Was that time mostly just for the self injury? Uh, that was... Or just a breakdown? But kind of, yeah, more... I think it was more of a breakdowny thing where mm-hmm. I was just... I just couldn't stop crying and I was hyperventilating a lot and... So um, like panic attacks? Yeah, it was... It's that... At that point, it turned more into like anxiety. Um, I think I might have self-injured yeah. again. Um, and I think that sort of probably is what scared me into... into um, You're like, I think I'll go back on this medication full time. Right, yeah. And so then I went back up to 100. Um, and then a month later, I was hospitalized again. Yeah, it was a, it was a whirlwind. Wow. Um, and I actually went to two different hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was the university hospital. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, there's a lot of things I could tell you about these three different hospitals I've been in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. And, and then, like, um, you were transferred it's University out of Hospital, yeah, but it was just, like, uh, when I was first hospitalized in eighth grade, mm-hmm. Highland Park has a, a youth mm-hmm. um, psych ward yeah. up to 26 years yeah. old. And then everyone older than that is... Gets bumped up to... You know, old people. <laughs> Good old one floor of the cuckoo's nest loony bin. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But at the University of Iowa hospitals, every everyone's in the one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh, bin. there's just one bin. So there were people who were um, lifers. Um, yeah. yeah, and um, people who had been there and there a very long time and were not going to be able to get out, and um, people who were uh, schizophrenic. Yep. And so that was terrifying I to bet. to see. Yeah. Um, and some. One of them I know was, was schizophrenic, but he was a very sweet man. Sure. Um, when he's not like seeing the devil or whatever. <laughs> something like that. But he didn't want to be on his medication because it, it made him not be able to, like he couldn't 
his fine fine motor functions mm-hmm. would go away. Yeah. But he was an artist. Oh, that's that so is the most like, ironic, terrible I thing. I know. So, yeah. Oh my God, that's like an opera in itself. Yeah. Jeez. Um, so there were a bunch of people like that. Um, again, older. Um, a guy who tried to who tried to shoot himself in the head, and you could see um, there was like a single. And he didn't die. He didn't die. He shot himself in the head, but he didn't die. Oh man. Um, and the only reason I knew that is because I asked him. His whole face was was bruised. There was yeah. just yellow and purple sure, sure. all over his face. Sure. And there was a single. Um, when the bullet ricocheted like, around. Yeah, cr- there was a single like sort of crater scab oh in the center, and he just got a, like a thick skull, and so just the impact of the bullet bruised his whole face but but it didn't go through his head um and you know he said to me like as soon as i get out like i'm gonna buy a bigger gun yeah he put his he put his um oh his his hand yeah he put his hand like a gun in his mouth um oh my and then he said like pop like right up like he said like that's where you gotta go like, you can't go through the skull. You oh. gotta go up to... And I was like, ha, 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 oh. I have to go now. Oh, man. <laughs> so that was another instance where it sort of just, like, scared me out of it. Scared you sane? Well, but then again, I got, you know... Then I was hospitalized a month later to finally adjust my medication back up to 150, where it was before, where I should have just stayed. And now I've been there for... Uh, how long ago is that? Six, eight years. And since then, there's been no more... Relapses um, like that? No, not like that. When I graduated college, I um, had a, another like little tough time, but that yeah. was because I sort of, you know, hadn't been good about taking my meds. Oops. So it's never, I know, it's like, terrible idea. Hmm. Um, but since then, I've been, you know, decently stable, but I think it's, you know, medication does wonders. Uh. I'm not going to refute that. Um, I have... For the, you know, if it's right for you. Sure. I have two more questions for you. Sure. And you've been super open and honest. And I love that so much. This yeah. is exactly what this show is about. So, um, and they're both actually related to um, mental illness because we've been, we've been talking about this for a couple minutes now. Um, number one, because you are still a young person and you are not far out of the high school, college age. Mm-hmm. Um, there are... So you see all these stories nowadays that like there are more cases of severe mental illness in young people now than ever reported before. And it's like 400% what it was in the 70s and 80s yeah. and things like that. Why do you, what is your thinking on why that is? Um, I don't, here's the thing. I mean, I think it was probably underdiagnosed mm-hmm. before. Sure. I mean, we didn't, like obviously my grandparents were depressed, but sure. Mine they too. didn't have medication they couldn't have been diagnosed they were just alcoholics they called it go to church and drink (laughs) yeah exactly they called it stay at home and have seven martinis during the day um they called it you know show up to work drunk they called it eventually kill yourself you know um eventually kill yourself is my favorite uh emily dickinson poem. (laughs) (laughs) that's terrible Uh, sorry i had Um, to it really does sound like something she would write it would um yeah so i'm sure it was severely underdiagnosed the and life is hard and there's so much um 
there's so much like interconnectivity mm-hmm. now as well. Like yeah. your suffering is other people's suffering, and other people's suffering yep. is your suffering. And it's all broadcast. And it's all broadcast, yeah. and you can you can so easily get in a spiral. Yeah. Um, there's the internet now, which is like, you know, I had when I was in middle school, there was cyberbullying, but it was in like the pre stages of cyberbullying, and that mm-hmm. I'm sure now it's like institutionalized. Affected. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, if you give people this cloak of anonymity of the mm-hmm. internet, they they be they can be much meaner than they would have face to face. So I don't think it's being over diagnosed or anything like that. I think it's probably the same amount that it always was, mm-hmm. maybe a little more, but it just we didn't know what to do with it mm-hmm. um, before. Mm-hmm. And last question for you. Mm-hmm. So if if you could speak to young Melina mm-hmm. before all this, or maybe when all this stuff started, um, what do you think she needed to hear? It's hard to know because it, it you don't... I feel like something that medication has done for me is getting me in a place where I can have rational thoughts mm. because um, even if I had said to young Melina... Mm-hmm this is gonna it's gonna subside Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things happening in your brain and in your body and Mm -hmm. they're all just fighting each other and eventually it's just gonna calm down Mm. i don't think those words would have hit it couldn't have helped i don't think it would have helped um so what would you tell what would you say to to people a little bit younger than you now that are dealing with some of this stuff now. That like, I would say there's a lot of things happening in your body and in your brain and it's all going to settle down. It will settle um, down, yeah. But that doesn't mean like then you're going to be cured. It, no. It just no. means that like everything is times eight right now. Everything is times eight scope right now. Mm-hmm. And eventually you're going to take that down and you're not going to have a scope on your, you know. So ask for help, right? Yeah, yeah. Ask for help and and if some, you know. My mom was was a huge comfort to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, the times where I could just, like, curl in a ball and mm-hmm. have her just, like, hold me mm-hmm. and, like, rock me in a ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay to be a hot mess. It's okay to be a little mess and have your mom hold you in a ball. <laughs> I think... If that's what you need. That is a sweet sentiment for us to, uh, for us to wrap up on. Um just for the listener's sake, I, I have known Melina for a long time, and I never knew this stuff before today. So um, I am I have always told you that I'm proud of you because I I was your teacher before, and and I'm even more proud of you now. So thank you so much for for sharing with us today. Yeah, no problem. All right, folks, I'll be back next time. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.